Hey, what's up? It's Coach K. Do you feel like you have a solid plan in place to guarantee that pass symbol? There are so many students that I talk to that say that they hate reading and they feel lost with their study plan. If this sounds like you, click the link in the show notes to apply for our coaching program. We'll walk you through absolutely everything and help you walk into the MPTE knowing that you're going to pass. I'm Kyle Rice, awful test taker turned physical therapist and standardized test coach for over 5,000 physical therapists worldwide. It wasn't that long ago that I struggled with anxiety, lack of confidence, and the fear of failing the NPTE. Fast forward through the challenges, the 13 standardized test failures, and many lessons learned, and you'll see the life I have today, a life filled with love, financial freedom, and a dream job that allows me to change lives every single day. I created the NPTE Clinical Files podcast to give you simple, actionable strategies along with a step-by-step walkthrough of NPTE-based questions. All of this so that you can dominate your exam like I did and achieve your dream. So if you're a driven PT student who's looking to pass the NPTE and start creating a life you love, you're in the right place. Enjoy the show. For this week's clinical file, we have Laura, and Laura is being reevaluated 12 weeks status post rotator cuff repair. While performing shoulder abduction actively, the therapist observes excessive clavicular elevation and lateral flexion of the trunk to the opposite side. The most likely cause of these findings include diminished range of motion and, so we have A, inadequate serratus anterior activation. B, posterior glenohumeral joint soft tissue tightness. C, excess upper trapezius activation. And D is pectoralis minor tightness. All right, let's go up to the top of this question. My coaching program student said that I had to make a question about the scapula and the shoulder. I mean, and I get it because this is a tough topic and it is something that shows up quite a bit on practice exams. And I would anticipate the NPTE as well. So if you got your notepad out, be ready to take some notes here because we're going to dive into this one. Cool. All right. Let's start off at the top. It says Laura is being reevaluated. 12 weeks status post rotator cuff repair. All right. Let me go ahead and back up a second. Make sure we're all on the same page. Rotator cuff repair. Definitely want to know about this for the MPTE. You could check out Kishner and Colby. It'll lay out the exercises and all of that stuff, especially when it comes down to this whole 12 weeks status post. This is about the time where the person enters the minimum protection phase. It could possibly be moderate protection, but for the most part, 12 to 16 weeks out is where a person goes into that minimum protection phase. Now, do we really need to know all of that? Well, let's take a look at the rest of the question. It says, while performing abduction actively, the therapist observes excessive clavicular elevation and lateral flexion of the trunk to the opposite side. All right, let me stop here because I'm going to give you a coach case secret that when it comes down to the MPTE, I visualize things as best as possible. And here I would definitely do that. While performing shoulder abduction actively, I'm thinking about the patient doing this in front of me and then seeing the excessive clavicular elevation and lateral trunk flexion to the opposite side. Well, I can tell you right now, excessive clavicular elevation is not normal. We shouldn't see that, right? So we know that this is an abnormal thing that we need to correct. 
but then the lateral flexion of the trunk to the opposite side. Why would somebody do that? Well, I'll tell you right now, it's typically a trick motion that somebody does in order to get more shoulder range of motion. You might want to test this out in the gym, clinic, wherever you're at. You know, you could test this out. If you're trying to get more shoulder abduction or get it towards that end range, laterally flexing your trunk to the opposite side just gets a little bit more range of motion. All right. So let's go down to the final sentence of the question, also known as the question stem. It says, the most likely cause of these findings include diminished range of motion and, all right, so before we go down to our answer choices, let's sum up this entire case. We're 12-week status post-rotator cuff repair. We got a patient in front of us doing shoulder abduction actively, and we see excessive clavicular elevation and lateral flexion of the trunk to the opposite side. At the end of the day, the question's really saying, hey, what is going to be a cause of this excessive clavicular elevation and lateral flexion of the trunk to the opposite side? That is what we're answering. So for those of you on the podcast, let's take a look at these answer choices. We got A, inadequate serratus anterior activation. B is posterior glenohumeral joint soft tissue tightness. C is excess upper trapezius activation. And D is pectoralis minor tightness. Let's freaking go to work. A says inadequate serratus anterior activation. Does that sound right to you? Is inadequate serratus anterior activation a cause of excessive clavicular elevation? And when I'm thinking about that in my mind, if the serratus anterior is weak, excessive clavicular elevation is not likely what I'm going to see. I'm going to see something like a medial border winging or the scapula not upwardly rotating very well. I might even see a posterior tilting of the scapula. But excessive clavicular elevation, I don't know about that. So I'm going to put a big fat X next to A, all right? Let's take a look at B. B says posterior glenohumeral joint soft tissue tightness. When I'm looking at this word, you know, sometimes we can get a little hung up. It's like, wait, are they talking about muscle here? Are they talking about joint? You know, in the answer, it does say posterior glenohumeral joint soft tissue tightness. So Looking at it, it sounds like they're talking about the capsule here. So if the posterior capsule of the shoulder was tight, would that cause excessive clavicular elevation? And I see a lot of you are selecting this answer. Now, hold up a minute, okay? Because we're not talking about the patient doing shoulder flexion actively. It says shoulder abduction actively. So shoulder flexion would require more mobility in that posterior part of the capsule. But abduction really doesn't. You know, abduction does a lot of spinning in the joint, and then you get more inferior gliding of the humeral head, not posterior gliding. And so I really don't see why B would be the cause of excessive clavicular elevation in this patient. It just doesn't make sense here since the patient is doing shoulder abduction. All right, so I'm going to put an X next to B. Don't worry, I'll recap on that at the end, okay? But B, I'm eliminating it. Let's take a look at C. C says excess upper trapezius activation. Okay, here's the interesting thing, because when I was in the clinic quite a bit, right, especially when I was coming through as a student, clinical rotations, I was seeing a lot of rotator cuff repairs. One thing that always would pop up is this, 
overactivation of the upper trap. And they start to do a lot of muscle guarding and all of that stuff. So I'm like, yeah, this is making sense. But here's my question. Would excess upper trapezius activation cause excessive clavicular elevation? I'm like, absolutely it would. 100%. Why? Because the traps actually insert into the clavicle. So as they contract, they lift up that clavicle. It makes complete sense to hear. I really love C right now. Hold on. Doesn't mean it's the right answer, but I like it for now. Cool. Let's take a look at D. D says pectoralis minor tightness. So I'm thinking about this for a minute. I'm like, all right, if a patient's pectoralis minor was tight, would that cause excessive clavicular elevation? And I'm like, no. I mean, if that muscle was tight, first thing that we're really going to see is more depression of the scapula. We'll see things like an anterior tilting of the scapula. Another thing that you might see is a downward rotation of the scapula. So you see that we're saying a lot of things that are not in the question. And so what I'm going to go ahead and do is eliminate D because I don't expect to see excessive clavicular elevation with that problem. I'm going to exit out. And that leaves us, hey, with our final answer of C, excess upper trapezius activation. Congratulations, baby. (laughs) To those of you who got this question correct, this wasn't easy. It really wasn't. When it comes down to the shoulder and the scapula, you know, these questions could be pretty tough. But we need to be able to dissect these and determine, okay, what is the role of the scapula? What's the role of the glenohumeral joint? How do they communicate with each other or move with each other? These are all very important things to understand before you go into your MPTE. Now, today, we took a look at this question. Patient was status post, 12 weeks, rotator cuff repair. Now, the big thing was the patient was doing shoulder abduction actively, and we saw excessive clavicular elevation. I can tell you right now, serratus anterior weakness is not going to cause that. I can tell you pectoralis minor tightness is not going to cause that. But the other one is the posterior glenohumeral joint soft tissue tightness, like a posterior capsule tightness. That's not going to cause excessive clavicular elevation with shoulder abduction. Now, if the question had said shoulder flexion, I would say, ooh, that sounds a bit better there but not necessarily shoulder abduction actively. So make sure you're picking up on these beautiful keywords that are left for you in the question. If you're somebody who struggles with exactly what I just said, picking out what the test maker wants you to see, what they want you to use to get down to the right answer, if that's something you struggle with, I need you to do something for me. Join my free private Facebook group right now. All right. And that's where I go in there every single week, dropping tips and tricks, strategies to get down to the right answer. And I'm there live every single week. All right. How can you get there? Go to www.nptegroup.com and we'll get you in. It is a group of incredible physical therapists, PT students, new grads, all of that inside that group. Cool. NPTEgroup.com. And for those of you who haven't gotten our free musculoskeletal cheat sheets, we got those out there as well www.mptecheatsheetswithans.com. So whether you're on iTunes, Spotify, Ghana, Overbreak, wherever you're at in podcast land, go into the show notes, click the link in there, and you can get it. 
Hi, this is Kyle, and thanks for downloading the podcast. I always enjoy spending this time with you, and I hope that you leave today feeling motivated and with a better understanding. Make sure to subscribe to get new mock NPTE questions each week. I deeply appreciate your support. It helps keep this mission going. And as I always say, keep learning, stay committed. I'll see you next time.